Oh, oh that's an intercept for Stockdale, and he'll race clear. It's a lovely piece of skill from Hugh Jones, and he's got Hawk. Can he put him away? It's an awful pass. Scotland have butchered that chance. From the Aki, Ring Rose, Stockdale. Stockdale scores in the corner. That reaction says it all. France have beaten England. It also means that Ireland are crowned the champions. I'm Andy McGeady, and you're listening to the Hard Yards on this most joyous of Mondays. Ireland are Six Nations champions with a week to spare and we have an opportunity of a Grand Slam next Saturday in Twickenham. Um, joined in studio by James Downey. Andy, how are you? And Kevin McLaughlin. Good morning. To discuss the win against Scotland and look ahead to a massive game this weekend. Uh, gents, Kev, we haven't seen you for a while. Yeah, I've been uh, busy, had my hands full of nappies. Uh, yeah. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Having my, uh, my son was born, Archie McLaughlin just over three weeks ago now and uh, Six Nations debut 2038 is it? Yeah so uh, no I th- I think it's going to be Tiddlywinks and Chess to be honest like he's uh, the lads are going to slag me he's going to be going to Gonzaga so Chess champion rather than rugby champion probably but uh, <laughs> no he's um, no he's settled in well it's been full on I think everyone's kind of saying oh like you just nothing can prepare you for it and that's kind of true you've got to just put your head down and figure it out yourselves and that's what, what we've been kind of mucking through the last few weeks but he's watched his first couple of Six Nations games the last couple of weekends and enjoying it fast asleep for both games so uh, even even through all my shouts and roars so <laughs> how's <laughs> no, the sleep going? Uh, sleep is good it's patchy um, I've been mentally preparing for it for a long time you know <laughs> and like this has come from someone who's used to eight or nine hours clean sleep every single night going into like two or three hour stretches max like you're delighted if you get a three hour stretch so it's just adapting to it I suppose so you, you've been through it yourself and you know yep. you know what it's like so no, get good. through it one night at a time yeah yeah no it's good excellent congratulations again thank you uh, good to have you back Jimmy's been holding the fort without you now yeah it's good to have him back isn't it yeah, yeah. It's, it's been a while been a couple of weeks so um, yeah and Pat's been subbing in as well and Mike McCarthy so yeah some it's interesting great to, people great to have some actual rugby knowledge around the table for once like <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. rather yeah. than a spoofer uh, plenty to talk about from the weekend that was that was decent <laughs> wasn't bad was it you got to mm. be happy at the uh, five points but, but it was kind of weird like at the time you know thinking this puts us in a good situation and then you have to kind of wait and go oh yeah we won, won the championship week early yeah I expected us to win the championship yeah, I also expected us to pump Scotland, and it's easy to say that now. Listen, like obviously hindsight and all that, but like if you tell the bookies that you expect it to, apparently they'll still pay out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't put my money where my mouth was, but I told a few people twelve to fifteen, they won by twenty. But like, I think the the, the psychology of the game was really challenging for Scotland. <clears throat> you know, they went on a big one; they hadn't beaten England for a long time. You have to celebrate those games. They had a they had a trophy; it was only Calcutta Cup. But you still got to celebrate it. <coughs> you don't get that yeah. many moments like mm-hmm. that. So, like, you've got this challenge. If you've got to celebrate and enjoy the moment versus we're playing Ireland in two weeks, they're better than England, and we're playing them away from home. And I actually thought they did slightly better than I expected, and there were a couple of really big opportunities that could have changed the momentum of the game. But Ireland have the players and the ability to swing games at the moment, mm-hmm. and I wasn't really that concerned at any point. The first half was tight. It was loose. Ireland actually probably wanted to keep it quite tight and as it loosened up like Scotland came more and more into it they're so dangerous in those counter-attacking moments guys like Hugh Jones Stuart Hogg you're kind of holding your breath when they get the ball in their hand even that guy Blair Kinghorn who came in looked really dangerous mm. um, he deserves to be dangerous with a name like that 
Yeah, he does. But like some of the some of the Irish players are big moments again. Like mm. uh, Dan Levy, every single game he's coming up with a big moment. Mm. I think that turnover he got on the Irish twenty two was a key moment mm. because Scotland were building pressure, building pressure. Um, they were looking like scoring, and then Ireland get a penalty, kick the touch, build build a little bit of pressure on the other side. I thought Johnny Sexton's defence uh, when Hugh Jones made that break, it was a two on one, and like it was so smart what Johnny did. He backpedaled because if you if you, he he had a decision to make, you either had to fly at um, Hugh Jones and, and and tackle him, or you could backpedal and force a late decision. Mm. And what he did by by moving backwards and turning side on is he gave a little bit of a chance for the sport to catch up, mm-hmm. made Hugh Jones force a late pass, and uh, they end up not scoring from him. Yeah. And that was key as well. Well, well anyway, this hurts me right as the unashamed Hugh Jones, you know, fanboy here. Jesus, how do you not make to make that pass? Yeah, if you've got to expect an international centre to put that away, you know, and that's... Oh, did a He's not a player. passing centre, though. But, you have, yeah, yeah, but do you not think it's you have to be... Out of 13, though. Oh, yeah. OK, look. Yeah. yeah, agreed. I guess if you're playing with Peter Horn there, who's another second 10, you know, second receiver. Yeah. Um, yeah, but if, if Alex Dunbar is there, what way do you do that? You put Alex Dunbar at 13 and then you... Yeah, but, but Dunbar doesn't chip exactly. over the top and make the break yeah. in the no, first I, place. I actually yeah. think the balance is good. I think the decision is between Dunbar and... Um, Jones. No, no. and... Um, oh. Who's a 12? Horn. 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 And, and Horn. Because I think... Uh, yeah, I, I just think Hugh Jones at 13, he's got so much pace for that outside break and he's got the footwork and mm. he makes yards but I just don't think he's a passing 13 I think actually I don't think you have to be a passing 13 to make that pass yeah. that, that's a there's yeah, no but Johnny made it really hard for him <coughs> he did really like an, okay a top class 13 like a top class passing 13 excuse me he is a top class player but a top class passing I, I, 13 I, I, see, I, think you're, I think you've been really kind I think that if you're if you're talking about a, a really good test player which yeah. we think Jones yeah, is yeah. and it's the attacking side of his game which is his strength yeah. He's making that pass. A, but, an attacking but, but international back row yeah. could make that pass. I agree with that. Like, but ninety-five percent of defenders are fullbacks. There fly at him. Okay, and it makes the pass easy. Yeah. Okay, so tell tell me exactly what what Sexton and Earls did differently than maybe other people would facing uh, the threat of Jones running straight yeah. at them, yeah. along with Stuart Hogg. And for, for before we get to that, Jimmy, tell me what Stuart Hogg does. That's a little bit smart here. Yeah, no, it's extremely intelligent play. When the ball goes out and Finn Russell throws it in and they, they throw two two wide passes, Stuart Hogg stays on the 10 mm. on the far side and just trails across way in front of the ball, 20 metres, <coughs> sorry, excuse me, in front of the ball. And when the, when uh, Jones makes that break, he just joins up with him. Like, he doesn't there. even run back. Yeah. And it's such a smart line that you can, there's a camera angle which is behind the post and you can just see him jogging yeah. across the front literally joins up with Jones and it, it's such an intelligent line experienced props will be familiar with that line <laughs> yeah, yeah. do you know who was the king of it right. was Keith Gleeson he used to always like he scored a load of tries where he was just on someone's shoulder after they made a break and I was constantly like how is he so fast that he's catching up with our wingers and stuff and I watched a few videos back and he used to do exactly that he used to be able to anticipate a break yeah. or he'd know a play that was coming that was going to likely to end in a break and he'd stay in front of the ball and then he just turn, he just turn his, you know, at a kind of ninety degrees or forty-five yeah. degrees, change his angle, yeah. and he'd be on the guy's so shoulders. So be, smart. The breakdown. So that, that's how Hog gets there, right? Mm. But facing this, Sexton's looking straight across. Earl just coming across. Yeah. Now tell me what Sexton does. That's smart. So like your coach there, you have to, you just have to tackle the guy mm-hmm. and because the worst thing you can do is accept a dummy there. Okay. So you gotta you gotta go at him and you gotta tackle him and then at least he's gotta make the pass and there's a chance that the pass goes wrong. 
But Sexton's looking at him going, he's got too much time. I've got to give our time a little bit of support to catch up, which will make the pass a little bit more difficult. He backs off. So in that, mm. like... So he makes him delay the pass. Is Megan Hugh-Jones going, okay, will I pass? Will I pass? Will okay. I show and go? And he ends up kind of half giving a really, like, <coughs> as you say, convincing he's, he, pass. He's that, too much time, doesn't he, nearly? He's it's too like, much time. It's like, right, I have. It's a two-on-one, but i am got to run for 15 metres with it. And, so. and and this, But this was not the only incident. So Joe Schmidt, after the game, I thought he, he was quite perceptive. <clears throat> Joe Schmidt is a perceptive man, but it's a good comment. It was a 20-point score in a one-score game. You know, that's what he was getting to here. And it was a one-score game. Ireland were blessed to be so far ahead going in at half-time after yeah, Scotland left, butchered a couple of things. Yeah, they left a lot of points out there, didn't they? I they left a bonus point on the table. Yeah. They could have easily had four tries. Yeah. Peter Peter Horn makes a, makes a break up the right-hand side and he throws a skip pass over King... Into uh, touch. Yeah, Blair King yeah, over his head. Yeah, and, but and Jones that takes is right on the shoulder. Blair King is a tall man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but, yeah. but he, I think he, even look to the way they do things, they love a wide skip pass, yeah. which... Like it goes back to the intercept as well yeah, for Stockdale. Yeah, There's no need to throw that yeah. skip pass. Schmidt said they'd worked on it. They'd they'd seen them throwing the long ball. They'd said Stockdale, you took in. But even go. that Finn Russell pass that everyone was getting very very ridiculously excited about. It was we, a beautiful we, pass, but like it had intercept written all over it. Yeah, yeah I'd say they used that one as the example. Goes guys, like be ready for a pass like this. It's try time for us when they throw it. You yeah. know. It was a thing of beauty, though. It was a thing of beauty. Absolutely, Listen, yeah. everyone's got to clap, it, yeah. clap it. But like on the other hand, it literally is a coach's worst nightmare when he sees that ball in the air yeah. for three seconds. It's just hanging isn't there, it? isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> if it's a bullet and it's zipped, absolutely. But it's but there's a couple of opportunities that if again if Ireland hadn't scored just before half time, it was pretty clinical as well to, just to yep. get that score up. Like scored before before uh, half time and then in the ten minutes after half time that, yeah. that puts a game away. Same, similar to Wales, but Jimmy, like I was looking at, it, I'm sure you were as well. It looked like a tough game. It was fast. Mm. Like I played against Glasgow when they're in that mold, and they're f- it's hard. It's f- like it's really fucking hard. Yeah. They they're would not from everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. They wouldn't even take a line out. They were throwing. We, we were quick. talking about that just because you know we're in earlier than you are, Kev. The uh, we were talking about that. Like Scotland did not wait for it anything no, they just said throws, right yeah. quick throw in thrown to themselves great to watch if you're a fan it's brilliant yeah. but the pace is hectic yeah no it is it is but it's it's the smart of trying to get teams out of sync and they're not organised and yeah. not ready and like even when they're taking the quick line they're doing it for a reason to try and isolate some of the loose forward or the the front front five mm-hmm. guys who are out in the wide channels and they're, and they're you can see two two passes are, are carrying are covering the field yep. mm-hmm. and they're running at these forwards who are feel exposed out in that open space and they're just like oh no but what are we doing here? Southern Hemisphere particularly mm. Australia and New Zealand have always been very very good at that where is the space get it over there two passes will do it Scotland are, are really good at it now um, and it, I, I love to see it mm. because again as a fan it's brilliant but get again, the ball out to the fast guys target people bully people where they're currently weak but then it's it's high risk high reward yeah but it's like <laughs> the flip side then is there's intercepts there's errors yeah. there's a lot of errors and We've spoken before about like the high percentage of uh, Ireland's possession. Ireland squeeze teams out of it, like you know yeah. they frustrate teams so mm. much with that possession. You get you look at the the, the converse styles in terms of we get into a twenty-two. Scotland start moving the ball around the mm. twenty-two, looking for mismatches, opportunities. Ireland slow it down and they try and just hold on to possession. So mm. so, exactly, and they're very very good at it. You know, and the problem with Scotland is that they they don't actually have the players to play a different game. They don't. They have a good, they have good athletes in the front five, but they don't have a front five that can actually dominate a team and scrum yeah. on the mall. And like Ireland, we're always going to do that. Score a couple of tries on and the, 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 the light back row as well. Mm. The back row is built to do one thing. They're not turnovers. Built, yeah, 
Yeah. And, and that's fine. There was an interesting comment made. Um, I think I was watching the game mostly on BBC. So it was Scotty Hastings or Gordon Darcy said this. Uh, they said Scotland were chasing the game mm. and they were talking about the Ireland bench and the Ireland bench was stacked. Mm. They're going, yeah, well, actually, most of the players Scotland needs to chase the game are already playing yeah. Yeah, they're the starters yeah, yeah. they don't have no. the second wave to bring in and change huge. things huge and the, the Irish bench made a massive difference the weekend yeah. the energy the likes of Jordy and Ian Henderson he was very you know, good John McGrath yeah. like Nugget mm. those guys coming mm. in and just getting go forward immediately yeah. but, and Joe Joe would always like he expects that from his bench there's no you know like but, but standards don't drop when they come off like you know it's even sometimes they kick on a bit like you know it's like yeah, 30 yeah. minutes on it's happy it's like oh change over normally like oh he's gone oh no what are we going to do or mm. it's this is yeah brilliant and as a Scottish player they're saying okay your man's gone brilliant oh here's on here comes Jack McGrath now yeah. here's, here, here's two lines exactly yeah. you know it's unbelievable we've got to talk about the the man of the tournament though in my view is Sexton right so yeah. and the key to us having a chance to get in the Grand Slam is he's played pretty much every minute Okay, and like when is the last time Johnny's gone four games in a row for Ireland yeah. without getting a knock or well we know he has got a knock okay so um, again before the match Keatley's out there warming up yeah. Jimmy yeah. Um, you were you were watching I was watching him because Keatley was yeah, yeah. so they so beforehand people had spoken about oh, he was getting back spasms um, you'd looked at before the Wales game he was getting a bit of treatment and stuff and to be honest he hasn't been kicking too well you know mm. at, at points okay look it's amazing we're still getting away with these we're still getting wins it but Sexton was taking his kicks but he didn't go outside the 22 for kicks I'm not I don't know his normal routine so I'd have mm. to look at it again to compare but he was taking the short kicks wasn't kicking much out of hand Keatley was kicking a good few mm. um think Murray had one or two Carberry was kicking but again percentages would be very different but but then I was kind of like looking at him for the first couple of minutes and he was alright but then he's doing a little chip and chase so obviously he's he's still alright but even some of the decisions he's making and normally like he went for a, a shot at goal for a right footed kicker was on the wrong hand side of the it's, it's also bad that's his slot where he has missed a few over the years and it didn't look good. You know, he's pushed some. This one was yeah, a hook. Yeah. Um. He's he's not quite right. But the rest of the game is awesome. Right oh, now. brilliant! Yeah. Uh, he's bringing uh, so much extra to it. Jesus. Like, it's unbelievable. Johnny's always got a knock. Like. Yeah. <laughs> he's never played a game his entire career without a knock. And yeah. like. He no, no, but, but this, but this is a, this is a kicking knock. This is something which uh, is definitely it's. I don't know. He knocked over a couple from the touchline, like and like yeah. the tactic going into this game would have been like him and Joe would have decided before the game that they're going to kick the touch. Well, it made sense. Like, so Ireland, were but then it was. A, like, but then I thought it was a strange decision why he'd kick. <coughs> we had a penalty. He'd kick from the that side for like the wrong side for right for the kicker, and then that was because we were thirteen that, points. That was to put the game away. That, that was to yeah. put the game away. And so at that or time, it seemed like the right decision. But I, do you think I was actually thinking that <coughs> we, we, we're stronger than this uh, Scottish pack? Yeah. We can get it there. We can get them all, and we can drive them over like back our malls. Because I think we went away from a bit of set piece for a while. Yeah. And I thought that when we did, they were under pressure. I, I think the decision at the start is based on, look, if you look mm. at it, it's if we win 40 points to 35, it's better than winning 10 points to 5 because the bonus point becomes very, very important. Now, England losing, that meant it actually didn't matter at all, mm. no matter what you read or listen mm. to. Um, but later on, you're sort of going, well, actually, this game is much tighter than it seems on the mm. scoreboard and Scotland can score. So that was put in the game. I think the, the game situations were slightly different. Um, but before we move on to the England game, actually, uh, Dan Levy probably needs another chat. I mean, that's the third, Ireland's third choice seven. Is that fair? Ireland and Leinster's third choice seven? Yeah, not third yeah. choice anymore. No, <laughs> no certainly not. Man no, is done. He looks honestly like 
Sean O'Brien did 10 years ago mm. like yeah. that kind of fearless goes out there does his job uh, plays with a smile on his face which I yeah. like you know he all seems to be enjoying himself he never seems to be under pressure he just goes out and does it and like what's a, what really impressed me about him is his consistency mm. never really makes mistakes has about four or five big moments a game yeah. consistently um, and just seems to be relishing the game and actually is a great balance with, with the, the other two guys at the moment the Italy game he had a couple of moments that people were looking at but he's, he's made up for that in the last two What's that? If the, in the Italy game. He yeah, just did, yeah. But he's made up for that in a big oh, way. Like 100%. And yeah. like you're looking for guys to step up in the bigger games. And yeah. no disrespect to Italy, but the big games now in the last few weeks between Wales and Scotland. And he has had match turning moments yeah. in those. Yeah. And I just love the balance because CJ's carrying 20, 25 times a game. Pete, uh, between Pete and Dan they're carrying a bit but like they're getting through so much so breakdown much yeah 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 it's, and like, he's, he's, brought, to watch. he's brought his form from Leinster in you know and like he's such a hard man to get off the ball and he seems yeah. to have produced these moments in that 22 situation these big moments and that's mm. these, are the th- these are the things that are, are, are turning games as well you know in a tight game down the line like going into World Cups and you can bring someone on or start him <laughs> unbelievable moments have we mentioned Gary Ringrose yet? Seems remarkable that we have. No, I don't know how. Oh, <laughs> like for me, he was a Sunday player. Jesus, completely like unbelievable. Wasn't like for someone who hasn't played. Was he played fifty odd minutes against the Kings? Yeah. That's it, and then straight He's back in and plays like that. Season, I believe, probably and the best player on the pitch. Yeah, yeah. You know? Defensively, so smart. Like just didn't make decisions for Scotland. Just let them. Like, yeah. There's one like we spoke before. There was one where he just kind of slides across. They're missing a the nine defence. They're pushing it out into the wide channels, and he's just letting them do it, letting them do it. And then just pushes him into touch, you know. Uh, and Blair Kinghorn, or I think it was Blair Kinghorn, it was yeah. And it was Kinghorn or Jones, one yeah, of the two. Yeah, and, and how hard is it to defend the thirteen? Uh, man, I could like I could never like sometimes lads used to go play left and right, and I was going, oh man, I used to feel so exposed. <laughs> but you would like it's just like okay, because I prefer to someone kind of left and right of me, and then in thirteen, I was like. Where's my winger? What's he doing? You're, you're like if someone comes short, what do I do? Yeah. So you've got this huge space to fill. And you're going to have someone who can run a short line at you and then I have to have the ability to read that and also yeah. get out and cover this this yardage. I remember Kieran Lewis used to be so good at it. He was, he was so quick to like like to have that speed to, to read it. And even if he made a wrong decision, mm. and he could get away with it because he was so quick across the ground. Mm. But Ringrose is, is, is so smart. And the key is, like, you, you got to be, if you turn your shoulders in, as soon as you do yeah. that, the pass is gone. Yeah. You, Hips have to be square. You have to keep, there's a lot of traffic coming at you. And he just let, like, if you can sit back and have that patience to kind of go, yeah, let you do it. Okay, let someone come short, but as you then read it and push off in behind. But but with the ball, I mean, ball on both sides too. of the ball, he was fantastic. With the ball in hand, I mean, he he was Jonathan Sexton with the loop and the speed of that bullet pass. Yeah, it, it was fantastic. Yeah, it was brilliant. And like I, I'd almost expect that attack from him. He does it every single time he plays. It was yeah. just a defensive stuff because a lot of times it'll be the defense that actually really takes a while to come back after coming back from an injury. So yeah. that's what I was really watching for. And he was just so sharp. He was. Seems like the mind sharp. and yeah. the body yeah. were just right up to speed at like the highest, highest le- of levels. You yeah. know, against one of the best attacking teams. Okay. In the the world at the moment. Very last thing before we move on to uh, England <coughs> and Paris um, and England for us, uh, the Keane Healy incident. It didn't look great uh, when we're looking back on it. So Keane Healy's. It's um, oh, yeah. it's in the sec in the second half, and he's it's second or the first half, Jim. First Second, or is it? No, so play, they're playing right to left it's as I was looking at it. So that was first, first half. First half. First sorry, half. First half. Thank first you. Half. Yeah, the the other left says McGeady. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he takes takes a bang. He's being treated, 
Um, the play then goes back. It was actually going so close to him, I thought the ref would blow it up because it, the play was going that way. But he just Scott's pop- played into it. That's what it looks like. He yeah. he pops up. Um, he's wandering around a bit. He's walking in not, not a brilliantly controlled way towards the next breakdown. He's then involved in another breakdown and then Ireland get the ball and he makes a carry. The medic tries to get on again. There is no... He doesn't go out for HA. The I think that the official line is that he was a bit of a shoulder, but it didn't look great. No, it didn't look great. And I think you look at the replay as well. Because I thought it was a shoulder arm and he's holding his arm, yeah. his, left, his left arm. Because as you say... Until they showed the replay, I was I didn't think I didn't notice it as much as you did. I went, oh, he's done it. He's done something to his arm because mm. until the replay shows that <coughs> clearly gets a an elbow, I think from Stuart Hogg or like an accidental elbow from Stuart Hogg. Um, but then, yeah, I don't know. It's it's obviously going to be looked at, I'm sure. But then you can see he was getting treated, and then he bounces up and makes a tackle. I it, think, it's, carries he as he well. bounces up, and you'd wonder. It to <coughs> me again, I'm not the medic, and you're not the player, mm. right? Um, but. It looks like a situation where the player, some other part of the brain has kicked in and says, I, I need to get involved in this play. The Scottish player is running towards me. I mm. need to be involved. And you're not stopping a key and Healy from rushing towards that player. I've done it myself in that situation where you're getting treated and suddenly you're like, fuck. Yeah, yeah, get up yeah, yeah, get yeah. back yeah. in the line here. And what are you doing? You're, you're getting straight up and oh, you're, you're getting, getting up and the medic can't but hold Keane Healy down. Like, exactly. He ends up having yeah. a broken arm. Because like, <laughs> Keane Healy would throw him out off the pit. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, that's what I thought when he carried. Like when he's holding his arm, I thought when he carried, he go, oh my yeah. God, what's he, like, he's going to come, he's making this worse, whatever yeah. he's done. But now, yeah, obviously it seems to have been highlighted and it might have been Like the only... I mean, Wayne Bard's had a made like a fantastic game. I thought. Mm. I think he's the best referee out there right now. But has he looked right and sees the Scots playing towards an injured player? I was surprised you didn't blow that up. Scotland, like, let's and just again, this guy. and we're not asking. And this isn't about <laughs> Wayne Burns um, making a judgment about a head injury. It's no. simply there's a man getting treated there, and you you're not sure what that treatment is for. Yeah. And if the game if the play's going that close, I was surprised they, you didn't. It's blow a real challenge because referees want to keep continu- continuity. Yeah. So when a player goes down, they keep playing. I think everyone appreciates that, that that's the right thing to do. But I think they take it to extremes sometimes. And sometimes, like you got to rock right beside an injured player who's getting treated, yeah, which yeah. is actually just if it's dangerous. A, it is dangerous because if that, if that falls it. over, yeah. I mean, there's no control. The one thing I don't like is um, sometimes, and we've seen it before, where there's a player getting down and the, a player with the ball will run directly for it because they know you can't defend. That's what it. Scotland did there. Yeah, I've no. You, th- you think that's they what they did? Up and goes the space here. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, man, down, it's yeah. hard to defend because there's someone on the ground. Like, but it's also it's also like if someone gets. If someone gets a knock or something like that, what's the first thing you do? You test them out and you go, right, okay, he's done a hammy or got a knock on the shoulder. No, I mean, I mean, while they're being treated, because oh, yeah, you know there's yeah, a hole. Yeah, it's like yeah, looking yeah, at, it's yeah. like running at the ref, which is kind of but fair why, game. But that's yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, but all of Scotland are doing smart, exposing, exposing what's there. Yeah. Like you can't, uh, like can't blame them. Really. Okay. So uh, again, this is something which I think we're going to see more discussion about. Uh, we will move on to next week. Uh, so Ireland already champions. This makes the equation very simple next week. Just win. Win, <laughs> Grand Slam in Twickenham. So, look, I'm back of a question and I uh, I forget who asked me the question was how many times have Ireland won away in uh, England and France in the Six Nations or the Five Nations? It's happened twice. 1948, Ireland's first Grand Slam and 1972. And what was that about 1972? It was the non-completed championship. With the Ollie, Ollie Campbell. Scotland and Wales didn't travel to Ireland because the troubles um, France actually played an extra friendly that year but Ireland won um, the first two games which were England and France away that's mm. the full list gents mm. Mm. It's, this is a big so ask hard. no matter what the year we're champions already this doesn't yeah. matter that is the historical context of what Ireland are trying to do 
this weekend and it's on Paddy's Day Yeah it's such an interesting dynamic as well because tradition like it's a bit of a role reversal say from last year and years gone as well with this really confident assured clinical Irish side versus a wounded and you know uh, a wounded England team that are going to be doubting themselves and have nothing to lose and are going to be unbelievably passionate and fired up but probably don't have the class that this Irish team has right they, now. They were not good in Paris. No, they weren't. No, and they have a few problems. I think they. I don't think Ford should be starting at ten for them. I think that Farrell should be running the show. They should. The the ten twelve thing. It works against the the smaller teams because Ford is unbelievable on the front foot. And they, I mean, the fact is, a lot of those wins they've had in that run were against Australia, really a weak Australia team. They never got tested against New Zealand. Ireland beat them near Viva last year. Um, and I think they've been exposed a little bit. You know, I think a lot of the teams in the Six Nations have taken a step forward, and I'm not sure if they have. They don't have a back row. I think like Vuna Paul. They don't know, but they don't know who they want to pick in their back no. row. He chops and changes changing so much, it, like. don't they? And it's like, well, what do you want to do with it? Like, you know, like they brought back in Haskell this week on the bench at least. I don't think he's add. the answer. No, he's not. But I think they're just like, we need some physicality in there yeah. against the French at the breakdown. That's and he's got same, like he's about what seven or eight players. He's chopping and changing, mm. and uh, okay, Vuna Sam Simmons is now completely. Nathan Hughes is yeah. gone then and it's like like what do Wonder you Hill's, want you know? Hill's injured as well is he Cause no he, he's, he's still in isn't uh, he he's still in Bob I think yeah. yeah but it's 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 a contrast to how Stuart Lancaster used to play and he used to have mm. settled teams you know yeah. there's nearly two settles when he was doing it now it's like okay well who do you want like and I find it interesting as well about, about Ford mm. you know like I think people talk about Farrell the whole time and Ford this like all we talk about nearly se- well a lot of the time is Sexton you know and, and and Ford gets hardly any mentions you know and you want your 10 especially at international level to be but stepping it, up so but are we missing are you missing the point if we concentrate on Ford yeah. front foot you can't be in the front foot if you're getting blown away at the breakdown and that's happened two games in a row um, there's a good Alex Lowe is an interesting piece in the Times uh, and he quotes Eddie Jones and James Haskell and they are pointing towards the Aviva Premiership and saying that the, the way that teams are playing the game mm. is not helping England at international level when they step up. So Haskell says, we're coming from the Premiership where no one competes at the breakdown into the Six Nations where every team is throwing lots of people into it. Uh, and Jones is blaming the Premiership and blaming the quality of the ball carrier. He's not blaming Eddie Jones. I want to be clear about that, apparently. Yeah. Um, but I- I- is there something there? Do they have the players that can compete? Is this a style they're just not used to That's competing It's pretty funny the way this comes up. Like, oh, you know, if Ireland don't win and England win, oh, it's a Pro 14 isn't good enough. Yeah, it's you know, still the Pro 14 as well. It's another. And then when screen. England starts struggling, like, that's complete. They have so many good players. And yeah. Eddie Jones went on an incredible run with those players. Mm. And the majority of them played in the Premiership. It's like, I don't think he's picking the right team at the moment. I think having laws at six is an issue. I think he's a top quality player, but he should be in the second row. Um, he's out now. This he's week. out now yeah. as well. Yeah. And I miss him, actually. He's been really good, but he's just not a back row. No, they don't have a back row that's been able to compete. Their ball gets slow. And like 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 we said, if Ford's getting slow ball, not on the front foot, hmm. he looks incredibly average. Hmm. Like, but um, he's not going to be like a, a, like a Johnny can step up and carry and try and make something exactly. happen. Ford's not going to carry. Johnny, like, no, he'll make game. something happen. Like, I think Farrell will do the same. That's why I think hmm. you've got to put Farrell yeah. in 10. Yeah. Um, I don't know what to do with the centres then. I'll bring Tuolagi back. Or do you, know, you, or do you bring TO12 and push Elliot Daly in? Potentially, I'd bring Tuolagi back. They've got to do something. Bring, like he, he is a top quality player. He's been out for a long time, but they've got to change it. But mm. if they have TO, they're going to have to have a bit of balance there as well. So Joseph comes back into the mix because mm. he's an attacking threat, isn't yeah. he? More yeah. so than uh, having him outside. But look, it's... Uh, to to go back to the point on about like saying about the the Premiership, that's to me that's 
other rubbish like you know it's like mm. you know because you go in there and you go oh well, we do this in the premiership with our clubs but you target each game you know the French are going to be strong at the breakdown you mm. change your team accordingly exactly. it, just because oh we don't throw our players into the rook well sometimes you do and sometimes you don't you don't it's not a huge change I so guess. if you're England um, how do you set yourself up so you've, you've got your group of players there mm. um, how do you set yourself up in terms of team choice but also tactically to play Ireland because we have still seen that Ireland are not the complete package in this championship so if there's I, I was listening to radio over the weekend people are talking about potentially this is the greatest Ireland team of all time I don't buy it um, we're conceding a lot of chances on other days we are not talking about a Grand Slam here we're not even talking about a championship so we've been exposed I think one of the things that has come up quite widely and has actually been you've been able to see in games been exposed in the wide channels mm. so I think England are going to try and expose us out there um, I think the fact is this is England playing in their backyard trying to prevent Ireland from having a Grand Slam motivation will be easy I think they'll absolutely rip into us particularly first four or five phases what they'll be saying is these guys have scored against before with Joe's special plays mm. first five phases let's be rock solid um, and make sure we don't concede any line breaks and then we'll just basically take them on physically they'll go through 20-25 phases and we'll be able to front up because we're playing and tweaking them and because we're unbelievably fired up and we're going to beat them on the gain line yeah. I think that's what the, the kind of psyche they're going to be going into the game I with. think they're going to go at the breakdown a good bit as well <clears throat> I think if you look at where we kind of have struggled is against France they really like slowed down ball got the defence mm. as you say they made it hope, really messy they made it messy yeah. and as you, they could slow it down and then if they, the French were getting line speed and putting our normal like loops and stuff like that yeah, under yeah. pressure and it didn't look great so you've got to look at that blueprint and go okay if if we leave the rock Ireland and get ball in Ireland again always have like over 60% of possession which is which is huge so mm. And with Scotland, sometimes targeted was at that breakdown as well, and like mm. you, we can give away penalties. We have a lot of balls, so it's about timing. I think that they will actually put a lot of pressure at that breakdown. And Farrell knows Sexton so well that, like, I think well, and, and really there's there's a bit of a counter to that, which is Andy Farrell knows Owen Farrell pretty well. That's so. very mm. true. No, it's just a really interesting dynamic, and the fact that Sexton and Farrell are going to be fronting up again in the Aviva and the the Saracens <laughs> Leinster game in a few weeks as yeah. well. It's just. I think there's so much to this game um, but yeah they're going to put a lot of pressure on Johnny and Murray I think they're going to look at them and go who are the key people here how do we make Sexton and Murray feel uncomfortable it's really hard to do but if they can do that um, they, they can squeeze but Ireland a little how, bit How do you make them feel uncomfortable? Murray it's very difficult because the like pressure is so good Yeah but short can, of like a Glasgow you can, move You can even go back to what Alan Wynn was doing you hold on to Murray and you, but you, <laughs> you're, you're literally sitting on yeah. him but, tackle him, uh, but, you, but you, you make the ball slow you don't let him get yeah. in there and when he, when he is there then he's in a rush to get the ball away because he's been held up you try and take him out of the game a little bit you know and, yeah. just, and then guys look around and okay, okay when he does his box kicking and stuff like that it's very hard to yeah. to set up to, to defend that but look you have to do it's the dark arts again coming into it but it's even holding down Johnny as well and just, getting him ruffled yeah just, just trying to frustrate him mm. put him off his game you know like even okay he wasn't playing last week but like we used to target Mike Brown and try and frustrate him and kind of give him a couple of niggles or a couple of little mm. digs at the rooks and just to put him off his game because he'd be going after He's he had that personality of um, he'd be rattling me looking for you and he's not doing his job that he's supposed to do for the team and I think yeah. even with Farrell mm. he gets a bit frustrated as well so so who, who is a go with Farrell in the tunnel in the warm up 
Peter Mahoney. <laughs> but that's the other thing. Like the like Ireland got a lot of dividend from high balls at the yes. weekend between yeah. Johnny and Murray. So I think England would be saying we need to be rock solid in the air. Yeah. They probably have a better uh, back three for for the aerial battle than Scotland do. So I mean that's a source of attack that's basically gone for Ireland potentially if England can dominate that. So they'd be saying, guys, these they're going to stick up a couple of bombs early. We have to win those. Mm. We have to dominate the air. Right predictions. I think Ireland will win. They have the momentum, chance to do something special. Are you going to tell the bookies about it before the game this time? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just going to tell everyone get it right and not okay. make money from it again. I'm good like that. Okay. Oh, I don't Jimmy. know. I don't know. I, it's such a tough. It's such a big ask. Like it's. I'm on the fence a little bit. Like I do think it's head and heart stuff. I do. I think Ireland will nick it, but. Jesus, like uh, you certainly have earned it. Like when you play yeah. England and France away from home yeah. to win a Grand Slam, doesn't get any harder. Oh, I just why? think like, this team has something special in them, and I think it's been building for yeah. a while. Yeah, and like you know, in terms of relatively rude health, in terms of key players, like yeah. being available. And uh, uh, you know? another positive is we haven't really fired a shot or, or done anything against teams. We haven't like said, "Oh my God, we're playing unbelievably well." Like we're Sometimes yeah, grinding this is like perfect yeah. rugby. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I, I take your point. Um, England have a bit to fight for. It's firstly they stop Ireland at the Grand Slam, mm. which is great. But mm. they're England. It's not quite the same motivation as Ireland playing England. You know what I mean? It's not the same. Not far. But it doesn't <laughs> take much for England to finish fifth in this year's championship, which no. is remarkable oh God, to yeah. think. Um, okay, so that's what we're talking about here. I'm going for the draw. Which would be an absolute captain and buzz you will kill. put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. Going for the draw. Right. <laughs> Gentlemen's agreement, is it? Go for the draw. I'm not going for the draw. I'm saying I can see a draw happen. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh I, can see, I can see a win, a loss, or a draw. Go <laughs> on, Andy. <laughs> Get off the fence. <laughs> okay, draw. Okay. All right. Draw. There. I'm calling the draw. Up, up, up. Fiver, done. <laughs> We'll be back with some of your Twitter questions and a couple of other interesting stories from the week. The Hard Yards, brought to you by Sports Joe. We're going to take a look at some of your social media questions. Remember to use the hashtag AskTHY if you want to get a question in for next week and be sure to follow us on Twitter at @thyrugby. First one is from Sean Reynolds. If Sean O'Brien has passed fit after the weekend, because he got a bit of a bang, uh, does he parachute in for Levy or will we go to the bench and come on for impact or does he even deserve to make the 23 considering how good the back row has been and should Joe show faith in them can you drop Dan Levy I feel sorry for Shawnee but no way no. is he going to be playing next weekend like yeah. if he got through even 50 minutes at the weekend he'd have a sniff again on the bench but he, like Jordy was really impressive when he yeah, came it was. So there's was no really way like Joe expects even the best of players to get some game time yeah. before we parachute them in. So it wasn't enough. It, it wasn't, wasn't enough. No. But it wasn't enough. But I think the lads have done so much as well. I think yeah. Levy, you can't move him. And yeah. then, as you say, he completed the impact from Jordy when he came on. When we were had a bit of a lull moment in the match, I he made some brilliant. really strong carries. Yeah, really yeah. strong. Yeah. 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 Just getting out on that front foot, those game lines. Bit of positive news for Ulster last <laughs> watching him play. Yeah, exactly. Like, really, he looked class. Yeah. He really did. Yeah. yeah. Did Shane Logan refer to that in this video? I don't yeah. think he did no. no okay right that was low um, <laughs> good uh, next <laughs> one uh, oh I see what you did there well, well done Jimmy um, Dara Golden if you could mic up any Irish player for a match who would it be and why so we had two suggestions in after that uh, one Johnny Sexton because he's just always having a rabbit that'd be yeah but that'd be you just hear beeped out for the whole thing <laughs> wouldn't it? it's like oh that we can't, that's not positive one long <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, 
there was an interesting one when Zebo was mic'd up before that was quite good for Munster I believe Sky did it didn't they yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and he was quite good um I'd like to get one of the front rowers you hear them huffing and oh. huffing and they wouldn't say a word for the whole game because it'd be blowing so hard like. well it was interesting there was an, another suggestion that said was Peter Clausey get the claw back in the day he would have been another one huffing and puffing like. no, he would have been one for a camera he would have been one for a camera on him on his on a, the base of his boot for studs <laughs> see, where, see where they're going like. how much damage it <laughs> exactly, does exactly yeah 50% on human 50% yeah. on turf like. yeah. so apart from any other current Irish forward that current uh, for, that Irish has to be a forward yeah, any um, who Carney any oh any yeah. I don't know Pete would be Pete would be good he'd be okay he'd be interesting yeah um, I'm just trying to think. I'd prefer to see. I'd prefer to have someone who's who'd mess a little bit and have a bit of crack out there. <laughs> a couple of smart comments. James Lowe for Lanster could be interesting. He'd he be, does not yeah, stop yeah. to talk. For oh, he'd be great. Laughing and but he'd be fun. But you know, he'd be funny as well. Like you yeah, know, I think he would think. be good, and he'd know and he's on the mic as well. Yeah, exactly. He'd, be, he'd commentate in his own breaks. He probably would. Yeah. He'd be talking mid-break. I've he'd got the like, ball. Yeah, take him on. Here I go. Here I go. Yeah, very good. Actually, be interesting. It would be good. Good question here uh, from Ian. Hi, all of the pod. What do you make of Townsend's comment that Scotland are about four years behind Ireland in terms of development? And how do you see the, the teams developing to the World Cup pool? Because we are in the same World Cup pool along with Japan for 2019. I'd say they're more than four years. Really? Yeah, but that far? Like, I, I keep going back to it, but their big problem is they've only two teams. Okay. Yeah. They need to get to a place where they minimum three teams where they can get close to Ireland, I believe. They just don't have the pool of players. Hmm. Um, there was talk of them buying Worcester and there was talk of them like, which would have, I actually think, been quite a smart idea because they suddenly... Was it not Newcastle because they're close to the that, border then as well? That's been talked about as well. That's been talked about and there are a good few, yeah. like Ali Hogg and stuff plays for, for Newcastle. There's a good few Scots there, but like... Um, is he still playing? Yeah, he is. is he? Yeah, wow. still trucking, yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, it's a challenge for them. Yeah. The thing is, I think they're playing a good brand. They've got a great coach now. They have a good core of players. But like, I think what the Six Nations approve for Ireland is having three tight heads, having Depth. you know yes. three yes. out halves, yeah. th- like. But that's just so key. And it goes back to if he's going to say, I agree with the kind of four years. If you're going back to a last World Cup, but like where Ireland were in terms of mm. we have a front line. And then we didn't have anyone in behind. Yeah. We had no strength and depth. Yeah. We relied heavily on players. Even the 09 Grand Slam. Yeah. The reason we won that is because we pretty much didn't get an injury. Look, yeah. look at We've the so starting twenty, the starting squads for every game. We picked the same players for every game. The but only hey, person who dropped out, I think, was Mal. Yeah. Dropped out for Mick O'Driscoll, and I think that was because he was late for a meeting or something like that. <laughs> Honestly, it was nothing to do with injury. No, it's it's, so, it's unreal when you look when you look back <coughs> at it. I thought I was seeing things. It was I was looking at it before um, when we had Tomas Averian, and I was looking and going. Am I, have they got this right? Mm. And I had to double check to make sure that what I was looking at was right. But that won't happen today. No. No. Physically. Could, but it couldn't, yeah. But that's game. what I mean. You need, that's why. But I think, they're, like I said before, the remit for Joe was okay, when we lose frontliners, we've got to have, we got to have uh, strength and mm. depth, you know. And yeah. I think that's a like now we have two, or, as we say, two or three. And that's where Scotland are. They they have those frontliners. Again, we talked about it. You look at the bench. Like Ireland's bench, I was like, yeah, fine. Like if they started as well, I'd be extremely happy. Yeah. Scotland's is just like, oh, he's mm, he's he's all right, he's all right. Yeah. Like there's, there's, a, there's a jump. Yeah, 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 exactly. He's not going to be a huge impact. Yeah. Going back to your point about the third team, the Ireland doing fifth <coughs> province by stealth with uh, Decky yeah, and Les back on the road again. That's a great move, isn't yeah. it? Like, London yeah, Irish. Yeah, yeah, great move for the for both. Um, I think they'll go well. Yeah, they work well together. And it looks like Les' kiss is more. It's hands on. 
yeah, as opposed but that's to the, the way. That was always the way. Yeah, yeah. But I'm talking about the difference between that and the Ulster way, where he's more of the exactly, and that suits him down it to does, the ground. Yeah. In that deck, you will yeah. will manage all the day to day press dealing with the players, and and Kissy can just focus on what he's really good at, which is the technical side mm. of coaching, yeah. and he'd be excellent at it. Yeah, and, and Deck, he'd be nice to everyone. <laughs> just be <coughs> nicest the smiling man. assassin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay next one uh, from Jason Ward given his immeasurable importance to the World Cup effort should Johnny be given the summer off also depth at 10 clearly not as strong as other positions so it, this would provide Joey Carberry a much needed prolonged run at out half yeah personally I think given the summer off and yeah. you've got a not chance a to <laughs> pardon I said not a terrible oh, no, idea yeah, yeah, yeah no just but also kind of to a summer sabbatical give, if we're looking at to give back up players just, a, just a, yeah. a chance to get some game time at that level but to play eight like if they can get a good 60 minutes 70 minutes you know and Joe will have to or he'll have to make sure Johnny's in good form and he tells him though <laughs> Johnny's just he wants <laughs> he'll to play want there. to play he yeah he will want game, to play you know? absolutely yeah, yeah. but uh, I think his Sometimes wife will be happy <laughs> that he's staying at home for the summer for about a week yeah, yeah. <laughs> so can, can I go to Australia too please <clears throat> uh, next one from Jerry Green this is a great problem to have right now um, Bundiaki Gary Ringrose oh, Farrell and Henshaw are all fit and on form who are Ireland's first choice 12-13 combo going into a World Cup quarter final so if they're all fit right now who do you pick as your 12-13 very difficult for me I would go on opposition who were playing I'd kind of cater towards that ah, avoid it a bit <laughs> right now I, I honestly you're I, going for a draw yeah <laughs> I, no I'd go do you know what I'd go for Henshaw Ringrose yeah yeah um, okay. I think that is, bu- is Bunny the next of, man yeah, yeah yeah impact but I think the impact he'd bring coming off mm. the bench like you know just if you just need a bit of go forward but he can play 12-13 as well mm. um, yeah just think that triumphant of Johnny Robbie and Gary and they play with Lencer all the time and it's seamless for them like they know exactly yeah, what each person same. does same. Same. no Leinster bias here Lots of Leinster bias, but like I think Aki's class. I just think um, Henshaw is a little bit more to his game. Okay, like uh, Aki's done an incredible job for yeah. the you know the Six Nations. Uh, yeah, um, and the only thing I'd say is that pick and go he did at the weekend, right on the line, was a terrible option. But apart from that, he's just been seamless. So there's um, <coughs> two more little things we should cover before we uh, we let you go. Um, Montpellier game you were watching at the weekend, Jimmy. Oh yeah. <laughs> you see that the, in the warm up so this is, a, this is a new way of warming up with your teammates I'll tell you so, so t- tell us what happened so it was Montpellier against Racing and the warm up uh, the TV camera goes down to the sideline and it's Bismarck Duplessis against I think it was the the, the sub hooker as well and all of a sudden digs thrown was it in the scrumming no, scrummaging part um, no it just seems to the, the camera just goes down on the sideline and what because that would be completely fine no because normally like you do a five on five scrum yeah. like, and sometimes it does get a bit heated and that's good before really? a game but before a yeah, game yeah. digs thrown I've never, no, I've never, I've seen it get heated. I've never seen Diggs thrown. Yeah, Complete, Diggs thrown live on TV, and yeah. then they go out and win forty-one-three. This could be the new way to warm up. I'm sure there's uh, no love lost between them, but actually, thought made me think of like, like I saw that. I was like, oh my god, who throws Diggs? Normally, in training, and then against against certain teams when I was in England, if the forwards weren't kind of, do you know the way you, you get a you get a sense of. Oh, the lads are up for a game, or there's a little yeah. bit of a lull, and lads are a little bit quiet. Right, we need to get some bl- the blood flow. We need lads to get kind of you know a bit pepped up for things. 
So you used to start in the scrum and someone would just start trying to dig, get a fight going and the lads are right. It's like, all right. So this right, is this is Eddie Jones next week, Twickenham, pulls Dylan Harty aside well, saying, listen, Dylan, I, I need you to hit someone. Yeah. Who? Uh, no problem, boss. Is it going to be Keto Manny? No, it's going to be Owen Farrell. I need you to hit Owen Farrell. <laughs> you won't be choosing Owen Farrell. <laughs> no, no. George Ford. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> who, who was the king in Northampton that's throwing a dig? Like, um... Uh, we had some interest. <laughs> Dorian West <laughs> coaching. Say, he got yeah. involved in a couple of when he was coaching. Of, yeah, yeah. Um, I remember there's one stage Christian Short. We had, there was okay. I wasn't involved. But there was a mauling. There was a mauling a drill or whatever with the fours line out maul. And Christian Short had, like kind of swam up the side and got his fingers in the ball. And Dorian was obviously in control of this. Dorian put his hand in and started to bend Christian Short's fingers back and was like. You're not the coach trying to break his <laughs> finger. It was, and then it turned into digs. Like it was the oh crazy. Oh my god! Uh, that's, we were doing kicking, of course, at the back, so we were all right. <laughs> Who was the uh, king of the dig at Leinster? Um, Jesus, good question. Uh, there weren't too many. We were, you know, we used to look after each other in training. Nice boys. Very nice boys. Nah, um, come on, come on. There's always good. Like, uh, there was a few people over the years. Like Stan Wright used to get a bit fired up during training sometimes, and everyone just run as soon as he got angry. Cause yeah, his temper. Fists were the size of sledgehammers. So yeah. no one. It's always, I always used to think before it was always in malls, or it was never really scrums. I think it was always in malls because someone would get in there and someone would pull someone back. Yeah, Mike McCarthy was fond of a little wrestle. Like he'd be more a wrestler than a like he'd, he'd be wrestling someone on the ground. I think he'd just be doing it for the crack. But in a mauling session, you'd be like, "Where's Macker?" And you look around, he'd have someone on the poor academy. In a headlock on the ground. Yeah, that was always another one, wasn't it? To go for the go for target the young lads. That was uh, someone's angry. Exactly. Where's the academy guy? <laughs> They're like on the floor, and if an academy guy threw a dig back, you'd be like, "Well, fair play." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, very last thing. Uh, did you see a double red card from the French under twenty game, France against England? That was extreme. That was like a, a flashback to something I thought we left behind. The uh, Brian O'Driscoll incident in the Lions tour. Yeah. Extraordinary. If anyone's out there hasn't seen it, go look at this. Um, there, there's going to be significant suspensions handed out for this for the two the two French lads picked up the uh, the English hooker, I believe, and just dropped him. Um, it's did extraordinary footage. They, him, did they, or they just lift. They both lift him up. It is like they flip him and it was right up in the air. He is head. It, is, it isn't like above the horizontal bit. He is completely perpendicular to the ground, Where? and he sees it coming, which is the frightening thing. In the footage you can see his arm. Does he drop trying ball? To, Does he, I'm trying to He's straight. He's straight down onto the ground. He's very very lucky boy. Where? There's going to be significant suspension handed out to those two. It was way worse than the Draco one. Like it was way, way worse. How do you do it? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So there you, you can get on your YouTube after him. I'll get it there. Do yeah. Okay, that's it. Um, roll on Paddy's Day. Roll on a hopeful Grand Slam. Uh, go Ireland. We'll let it go. Thanks to James and Kev, to Alan Lachnan for producing, and Paul Donigan was on sound. We'll be back next Monday with a new podcast. Subscribe to it on iTunes, Podcast Republic, SoundCloud, and every good podcast app to get it straight to your phone. This has been The Hard Yards. I'm Enda McGeady. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. The Hard Yards, brought to you by Sports Joe.